Welcome to Grow and Learn, everyone. This is Zorina. Today, I'm joined by Valentina Turner, who is an executive coach and a remote leadership expert. We're going to be talking about all the challenges of remote work and how to solve them. And we all know that that's one of the topics of the day. And nobody wants to go back to work for since, I don't know, more than a year now. So we want to know how executives can manage remote teams. I'm welcoming Valentina. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You're based somewhere close to Barcelona, quite hot yes, at the yes. moment. Yep. <laughs> you have a nice crown. Thank Tell you very much. Time. Yeah, it's it's actually a tiara because yeah. uh, crowns are closed at the back. <laughs> Tiaras uh -huh. are open, which makes them make them a lot of easier to to wear. Um, and it's like I call myself the Empress of Remote because of the tiara and it kind of, it makes it easier for people to remember. And it's also kind of uh, the way that I do advisory is that I take into account, not just the person that I'm talking with, but everybody that they work with a little bit like an empress technically would take into account, like all the needs of their subjects. That's kind of the backstory. Uh -huh. And I use the tiara to remind myself that it's not just me and not just the person I'm talking to you, but we actually have a bigger impact in the world that we may not always be aware of. So like being self-conscious about that impact is a big part of how I uh, work with people. Uh -huh. Okay, so you have a deeper understanding of kingship because most people <laughs> see it as somebody uh, ruling top down and it's supposed to be somebody for responsibility, uh, like exactly. taking responsibility and actually, um, uh, yeah, giving up something in order to mm -hmm. work for the greater good. Exactly. Yeah, cool. So where do we start, Valentina? You, your topic is super interesting. What is the question that people usually open with because I can't think of the most important question right now. <laughs> I, I think the biggest question is how do I learn to be a good remote executive or a good remote people leader? Because in most companies, once you get promoters, usually we promote the people who are really good at their job, which does not necessarily mean that they are really good at leading people because that wasn't their job before. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of companies kind of have them figure it out. Like they do not have any structured programs. They do not have any resources. They don't really teach them how to be leaders. So in an office, this is kind of mitigated because you can copy what your own boss did. You, because you have seen them in the office every day. You know kind of how leadership works in this company because it has been very visible. And hopefully you had a good job. It's a good boss at some point in your life. So, or you had a really bad one, you know, so you know what not to do. And so you kind of figure it out by trial and error. Now, in a remote environment, very often leaders are not visible. Like they don't really show what they are doing. They don't really talk about what they are doing and how they are doing it. So suddenly you become a remote leader and you have no idea where to start. Because the only thing that you maybe ever saw from your own boss is that you had a one-on-one -on -one from time to time. But you don't know how they structured their time, when they started working, how they organized their task, because it's not visible in a remote world. And so we have loads of new managers who have no experience with remote leadership because they never had a good remote leader who are supposed to reinvent the wheel, essentially, which makes no sense because the wheel has been invented a lot of times already. So what I'm trying to do 
is helping these leaders to figure out what do I actually need to be a good remote leader? How does this look like? How can I support my people, even if I don't see them, without going into this anxiety-induced micromanagement that a lot of people complain about? I'm just wondering how are people even promoted to begin with? I mean, I, I guess hiring is going on, so they would need to be hired at some point. But how mm -hmm. do companies in the first place promote people that have started remotely? Very often, it's like kind of a mix between what they see that they are doing, the yearly performance review, which is another of my pet peeves, because doing a yearly a review of somebody's work in today's fast pacing environment makes like no sense whatsoever and the tenure at the company so very often especially in startups the first person who was hired as x ends up being the head of x because they were there the longest and then if the company doesn't really have a lot of structure in terms of how work is made visible sometimes really really good people get lost because nobody knows that they exist and this is kind of on, a, on one side, you as a leader need to make sure that you know who is working for you. Like you need to check in, you need to be aware of what they're doing. But on the other side, the remote worker, like the individual contributor also needs to push information into the company and be like, hey, here's my weekly update. Here's what I did this week. Here are the, is the impact that I've had and kind of become their own PR agency around what they have been doing. Because if you just code or write or design in your little corner without ever talking to anyone, people will simply forget that you exist, which is one of the biggest differences between in-office and remote, because in-office, your physical presence makes sure that people don't forget you. Mm -hmm. But remotely, you need to kind of put a little bit more intention in, uh, into it, which is one of the things in remote. You need to intentionally and deliberate communicate what you want to be out there. Because otherwise, either you're forgotten or people will just make up their own stories. And usually made up stories tend towards the negative more than the positive. I see. And um, so so how do you coach people to uh, communicate the correct way so, to be, so as to be more visible in a remote setting? Or what are some other tips? I mean, I, I suppose mostly it revolves around communication, but what tips can yeah. you give us specifically? Yeah. So, I created this, it's called Remote Leadership Radar, which is based on the um, skills that you need to be a really good remote leader. And this radar has five different areas. So we have team management, which is basically what most of us actually think about when we think about leadership. Then we have team direction, which is like the productivity of the team, the coordination of the team. Then we have the personal productivity. How do I actually manage to get my work done as a leader? We have the communication skills and we have the social skills. And both the communication skills are very different in a remote environment and in an office environment. And the social skills is something that most of us have never thought about until the moment we were actually at home and we're like, oh, wow, I'm not, I don't see anyone ever. So how do I do the social part? And so I have the self-assessment where people can score themselves on three sub areas in each of these skills. And you end up with kind of a, a view of yourself like, oh, I'm really, really good at team management. I'm really, really bad at personal productivity. So let's start there. And then we tailor the coaching to wherever they feel they need to improve. And there are actually two things to this because you need to have a minimum on every level. 
But if you have like a good basis, that's enough. So I usually help people to get to like a medium level in every single area, but then work on where they already excel because that's what's make you special. Like your your superpowers, you should hone those instead of trying to get everything to like a more so-or-so level. So that maybe you are the person who's amazing with documentation. Hone in on that. Or maybe you're somebody who just naturally networks and knows everybody then hone this, like lean into the things that you're strong in and make this your, your focal point. Because at the end of the day, we don't really want everybody to look the same, but we want to then be able to create a leadership team where we have a person that excels in each of these areas so that they can complement each other because no one is going to be perfect in everything. And the one thing that most people start with is actually distraction management. How can I focus on my work? Mm -hmm. because there's so many things happening both where I am physically because suddenly the dishwasher looks very very attractive but also internally I get 20,000 pings on slack or on teams or whatever wherever you have your chat messages or I'm in meetings in eight hours a day I have no idea when I'm going to actually get work done that is not meetings so like managing these distractions is usually the part that I start with in terms of personal productivity because it's the thing that impacts your work now today at this moment and then we very often we go into either communication or into the social skills and that's what you uh, uh, what you pointed out the whole communication like how do you do this because of course, you can try to communicate whenever you think about it. But if you have a clear structure, like on Mondays, I'm going to send out a uh, weekly update with everything my team has done to the other department leads so that they also know what we're working on. And then I'll make sure that every morning I fill in the, let's say, the daily stand up or something and let people know how I am. And then maybe today I'm feeling kind of without energy and I'm going to put this in there as well because I want my people to know that we are all humans here at work. How would you do and that? that? How, how do you put that you have less energy? <laughs> oh, sometimes I will put like, uh, I would put it into my daily stand-up. I have these things uh, on my list today and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to get this and this and this done but I'm already thinking about moving this tomorrow because I've slept really, really badly tonight. And I know that I won't be able to get everything done. And I prefer to do this well tomorrow instead of half-baked today. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's management of work in, in any setting, in any case, mm -hmm. I, I suppose. But um, how would you then let's look on the other side from the point of leadership how should they communicate and manage their team remotely? Because now we spoke from the perspective of, of the individual, not of the... Well, but it is like, it's the self-awareness of the leader. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, people do what people say. It's the same with kids. Like they don't do what you say them, tell them. They, they do what they see you doing. And for example, when it comes to personal productivity, if you're, if you're completely scattered and not on top of your things as a leader, it's very difficult to expect the same from your team. Because mm -hmm. they see that your example, that it obviously doesn't really matter whether you know what's going on. Um, so as a leader, you need to communicate and you need to ex like help your people to learn how to communicate. If you look, uh, if we look only at the communication area, it's actually made of, of three different things. One is the visibility. 
as a leader, you have the responsibility to show what you are working on, like your own visibility, but you also have the responsibility to make sure you see what your team is doing and to communicate what they are doing to everybody else who is concerned in the company. For example, if you're leading the product team, you need to actively communicate with the marketing team and with the support team about the things that are going to be launched in the near future because they need to have that information. Or if you're the support lead, you need to aggregate all the, all the information that comes from your support reps and pass it over to product so that they or to engineering so that they can use this in their future product development. Then we have... Uh, documentation, which is super important in a remote environment because you never know when people are online. So having an information hub where people can just like look into what's going on uh, can make everybody's work really um, easier. And then there it's, it's the persuasion. How do you make sure that you don't just say, oh, I did this today and that's it, but that you actually have an opinion and that you can persuade the product team, the support team, the, the engineering team, that your input actually will make a difference and that they should heed your advice. Do you have an advice of, of how a leader should stimulate the their team to communicate their strengths or, or their... Uh -huh. Uh, like you mentioned that this is what you're supposed to lean on. Um, yeah. And, and how should they communicate to their team? Mm -hmm. If they don't know them in person, there are such teams that have never met personally. So oh, yeah. how, would, how would they know what the core capability of that person is to tell them mm -hmm. you should communicate this? Yeah. So, so one thing is, so first of all, even if you're fully remote, you should have in-person meetups at least twice a year. And maybe there is one all-company meetup and then one just team meetup, but people should have dinner with each other. Mm -hmm. Like people should know each other. And if it's, even if it's just, just two to three days, like get people together from time to time because this forges the, the, the connections that then can be transplanted over into the online world. And then if you're a remote leader, have your one-and-ones every single week. Like this should be a non-negotiable. Once a week, you should speak on a one-on-one -on -one basis with every single person in your team so that you know, and not just about work, because you can probably just check in Asana or Monday.com or whatever you use for your uh, task management. You can probably just check what they're doing. But what you should know is how are they? Because how they are and how their life is will definitely impact how they do their work. Like if you know that uh, somebody has kids and it's middle of July and schools are closed, you probably like can anticipate that there might be some childcare things coming up in their life. So if you know that already in advance, you can be ready for this. Or if you know somebody is currently, I don't know, their dog died last week and you know that they like for them, it, it's like a huge change and they are grieving, you know that they might need a little bit more empathy than usually because they're going through like a really hard time in their personal life. And of course, these things, people will tell them to you if they have a trustful relationship with you. But relationships require 
conversations, communication that they require you to know the other person. Having a one-on-one -on -one with them once a year to do a performance review will never inspire anyone to tell them what's going on in their lives. So like having these weekly um, conversations helps you to get to know them and it also helps them to get to know you. So for example, you could just tell them, hey, I really know that I'm good at whatever, personal productivity, but I sometimes struggle with team direction. So can you please remind me if I'm not absolutely clear with what I expect from you so that you kind of bring them into the boat to make you a better manager and know and for them to know that you really appreciate their input. And of course, it will be different with every team member because everyone is kind of different in how they approach work. But that's why you have the one-on-ones because then you can like really hone in on every single one of your team members. Mm -hmm. Valentina, who is your typical client? Who calls you normally? It's usually uh, in the tech world or SaaS startups that have between 70 and 200 people distributed across Europe, mostly. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the leadership themselves who call you? It's the leadership. You... It's yeah. the leadership mm -hmm. team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I sometimes do coaching with team managers, but usually it's the leadership team that are looking for something where, that they can implement basically company-wise, which where then kind of goes into um, operations consulting, because how can you create a structure where your team leads can actually thrive within that environment? Mm -hmm. So the changes you're normally proposing are usually in, in a sense of how to do things, or is there um, software behind where people can monitor and take off? No, it's usually... It's usually what to do and how to do it and what in terms of structure you need because there is so much software out there that the tools exist mm -hmm. and it really depends on your preference for one tool or the other or or the development team one or the other it doesn't really depend on so much how which tool you use that but that you, you use it for the right purpose and for this purpose you first need to be very clear on your own purpose like what is it that you want to achieve and only when you've decided that what you want to achieve then you can actually look for the tool so doing it the other way around would be kind of uh, counter counterintuitive so very often it's like for example if you decide that you want to have written stand-ups then there's geekbot there are like there are different uh, softwares that you can can use to to ins to use them but if you doing a tool and then just installing a policy based on that tool it, it's it's backwards talking about achievement what are some of the kpis that your clients set up for themselves and how do you, how do they measure achievement very often it's measured based on the employee nps, NPS? because I, I, a, a net promoter score is like they do they do a survey before they start working with me and then they do a survey like a uh, half a year later or three months later to see mm -hmm. if people now feel more connected if they are more engaged mm -hmm. and then look at it from this uh, this perspective because leadership at the end of the day it's how not not just how you organize your work but actually how do you organize the people that work with you and then indirectly, of course, this also in, uh, influences on how much churn you have, how long, how what's your retention rate, how many people do you actually have to hire because you mishired or because the expectations that you set when you hired weren't clear. And that happens a lot with remote. Because if a company tells you, oh, we are remote, that's like a restaurant telling you, oh, we sell food. It's like, okay, <laughs> thank you very much. Can I get more details? Yeah. 
because remote just means not in the office. But does mm -hmm. that mean I have to work from home? Does this mean I can work from the local library? Does it mean I can travel and work from somewhere else every week? Or do I have to actually give you one address that I work from? Which mm -hmm. might be the case because of legal reasons, because right. of the otherwise the security, like the insurance doesn't work or whatever. Mm -hmm. Can I travel only within my country or can I travel to other countries? Are there any restrictions where I can travel to? For example, you can travel outside this country, but you need to be in the same, same time zone because we want you to be online from, I don't know, 10 to 3 p.m. or whatever. Mm -hmm. So like just remote, it just doesn't cover the array of options that are available. So sometimes you end up hiring somebody and where you're like, oh yeah, we're remote. And, and you think remote means you will be sitting in your office space at home, always the same address, same working hours. But the person that you're interviewing, they actually have their van life set up to travel all over Asia next summer. And then suddenly you have like this mismatch where you're both using the word remote, but you're talking about completely different things. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing is always when working on a leadership level with companies, like what do you actually mean? Like what does remote mean for you? And once you have this clear, you can communicate this and you then uh, HR doesn't have to work with all these edge cases anymore because now they know, no, for us, remote means working from home in a dedicated workspace where you can close the door. Uh, within this time zone, you can use three weeks every year to work from somewhere else in case, I don't know, you want to visit your family and combine this with vacation, etc. But then you have clear rules and it makes life so much easier for everyone. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Valentina, you mentioned you you are launching a questionnaire. Can mm -hmm. you tell us a bit about a bit more about the self assessment? Mm -hmm. So, so the 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 self assessment for team leaders and specifically for team leaders uh, is already available on remote that works.com slash radar and we can put this in the show notes or somewhere and at the moment you can just sign up and then you'll get like a seven-day course more or less that walks you through the different parts of the radar you like you do the self-assessment yourself and then you get some tips on what to do with this what we're going to launch next week well late next week actually is a course that gives you exact examples like if you score a one on this dimension this means this is what it looks like if you score a five this was it looks like if you want to get from five to ten here are some resources that can help you get there and my hope is that this this way a lot more people just like know where to start because one of the biggest problems is when you become a remote leader is like that you don't you know you have to do so many things and you have no idea where to start mm -hmm. so like just having this list of things like here this is a point where you can actually start and you will see how you're getting better because now you have a framework wh where you can see yourself as you develop I'm I'm glad to know that the, that you've designed a methodology that allows leaders not simply to uh, to, to actually use leadership skills and lead in a way like a, mm -hmm. an actual structure because uh, until now it's all self-organizing I I, I have yeah. the feeling that it's it's all about self-organizing structures in, mm -hmm. in the remote setting wonderful Valentina what is your website how can people get a hold of you um, the easiest way is finding me on LinkedIn because until my daughter is on LinkedIn I am the only one with my name there 
and we'll mm. figure that problem out when she <laughs> becomes <laughs> when she gets of age. Um, and then my website is remotethatworks.com. And there you can find the radar. You can also find the distributions, uh, the the dimensions of distributed works, with, with uh, which is my consultant uh, program. And uh, I write a lot on LinkedIn. So like following me off LinkedIn on LinkedIn is actually the easiest way to get hold on me, because it's the place where I like love to discuss all of these concepts and get input from other people. So mm -hmm. let's connect uh, there. Just to mention because. Um you know, a, a huge market is German speaking. So in mm -hmm. Europe, so you, you're originally German, you're probably also consulting in German, just to put it out. Yeah, there. I can. Mm -hmm. I offer consulting in English, Spanish, uh, German and Portuguese, mm -hmm. which are yeah. the, the languages that I'm most fluent in, let's say. I have also worked with people in Catalonia, in Catalan, mm -hmm. uh, because like I've been living here for 15 years, so I do speak Catalan. Uh, but this is like more of a smaller part of the consulting that I do. I see. Okay. Well, it was a pleasure, Empress of Remote Work. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for having me and thank you for the questions. Thank you for answering them in such detail and for giving so much value, Valentina. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.